Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So today is a very special episode for us. It is a special it is. episode. It's like one of those after school, very special episodes where, you know, something was talked about that wasn't normally talked about because it was important. Because Yes. And suddenly, like, it's in the, like, social zeitgeist. Right. In the social zeitgeist. Like, when um, Blanche's nephew came to stay with them and there were issues with, like... Um, his parents getting divorced and him being like a very angsty teenager, right? That was was a very special episode. Well, I was thinking of the very special episode of Designing Women when Julia's nephew came to visit her because he wanted her to design his funeral because he was dying of AIDS. So we're not going in that direction today. Um, we're not going no. in that direction today. It's a very exciting special episode. It is not an a very dour, sad, exciting special episode. But yes, yeah, not exciting. Oh, sad. Um, oh, it's sad. very exciting because what are we doing today? Today, instead of telling the story of going up one of the trails in the national parks, we are actually going to tell. Our origin story. Our origin story. Our, and what brought us right, to the National Park. Right. How the fires, how we're, our friendship was formed in the exactly. fires of, you know, all, all things wonderful. First, we want to offer a couple of corrections corners. Just a few. Just a few. Mike, start us off. When we were in Smoky Mountains recently, we were attempting to hike the Alum Cave hike, but we had some issues with weather. And, and gastrointestinal problems. And gastrointestinal intestinal problems. But the road was closed. The Blue Ridge Parkway up to Alum Cave was closed. And actually, when we posted everything on our Instagram, um, we had a couple respond back to us because we, after posting things about our recent trip to the Smokies, we posted about our trip about two summers ago to the Smokies where we hiked up to Mount LeConte. And the trail that we wanted to do this past November 
was actually the same trail that we had already done. Yes. So thanks for drive, hike, repeat. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to Kelly and Michelle. Kelly and Michelle for pointing that out to us. So we didn't really have to have any FOMO about anything. No FOMO. No FOMO. Because we had done the Alum Cave Trail. And that's just the universe was just like, girls, you did this already. No need. And on that same post, we also put a photo of an animal that sort of looked like a deer. We got asked by another follower what that animal was. And I called the... Great Smoky Mountains National Park Visitor Center in order to find out what it was because I could not remember because it wasn't a type of deer. It was a female elk. Okay. See, I thought it was a mule deer when yes, I saw it. I thought it was too, yeah. but it is not in fact a mule deer because it we was were a female elk. Very close to some mule deer. Oh, we got very point. close to some Accidentally. mule deer. Was that in Great Smokies? Or no, that was, was that in Arches. Sh- that was in Arches. In Orches. Yes, in Orches. Orches Norshnal Pork. Exactly. Exactly. But no, it was not mule deer. No. Female elk. Female elk. Because they have different faces than mule deer and mm-hmm. female elk don't have antlers. I also want to offer a corrections corner. This is like super specific, but it is important to me to say this. When we were talking about Gallenberg, Tennessee, I mentioned that Gallenberg every winter puts all this man-made snow on their mountains for people to ski on. And that is true. But I would like to refer to it as human-made snow because I know there are a lot of women and probably non-binary people involved in the creation of that human-made snow that goes on that mountain. So there we go. Great. Thank you for that. Um, I feel like that's very important. So thank you. And now, Mike, let's get into origin stories. Let's get into origin stories. I'm looking for adventure, want to follow on the trail. Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart When you gaze at the National Park at the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there Alright, Mike, let's get to the question that we probably face more than any other question. Right. Which is are you boyfriends? Mm-hmm. And um, what is the answer to that? Hashtag not boyfriends. Hashtag not boyfriends. <laughs> when we right. first started traveling together and posting photos, it was like right and left. Right. We were both getting text messages like, oh my God, is that your boyfriend? Is that your boyfriend? So we started writing hashtag not boyfriends. But we've since kind of stopped doing that. We did since kind of stopped doing that. But the questions, they still keep a coming. They still keep a coming. So... I have an answer to this question, Mm -hmm. but I want to know your answer to this question first. Why are we not boyfriends? Oh, wow. That's a great question, actually. I'm just going to like spin a little yarn for just a quick second. Spin that yarn. That's right. Um, No, I I do feel like this is a question that kind of has come up a lot um, for me from people. Like, you guys are so great together. Um, You guys hike. You do all these trips together. Like, why aren't you dating one another? 
And I think there is a point in one's life where you get to this point and while you may be looking for a romantic relationship with someone, there's something that's a different sort of level. Um, it's sort of like a deeper level that kind of transcends almost a romantic relationship in some ways. Um, and I think the two of us have talked about it and, you know, and we really just feel like we operate so much better on a level of friendship. I really don't think that either of us has ever felt, and this is a part of my answer, that we needed to kind of like transcend to that other level of like relationship status. You know, that... I wouldn't even call it transcending. Yeah, I think I would refer to it as sort of like gear switching. That's yes. what it would feel yeah. like okay. to me, yeah. at least at this point. Yeah. My short answer to that question is like, because we're friends. Right. But like my long answer to that question is like, um, I feel like friendships can be just as friendships are their own kind of relationship, right. just like romantic partnership right. is its own kind of relationship. Right. right. And I think that friendships can be just as deep, beautiful, complicated, layered and soul matiness right. as a oh, romantic. Totally, partnership. totally, totally. And so that's the territory to which I right. felt like we entered. Right, right. There are tall ships and small ships, but the best ships are friendships. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I'm seriously going to cry Put that on that. a That's pillow good. next to live, laugh, and love. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I face that question all the time. I also face the assumption that the two of us are romantically connected, right. to which I'm like, nope, we're not. We're just, we are friends. Right. And like, and I actually hate saying the phrase and I almost just said it just then we're just friends because I feel like most people who ask that question will then go like oh well I mean my husband and I were friends before we got married my wife and I were friends before we got married and I'm like great yeah that's good good for you I also want to acknowledge this we never had like a specific conversation where we said we are not going to be this. Right. And we are going to be that. That never happened. Nope. This just happened. It organically. organically. And I... Finishing each other's sandwiches. Seriously. <laughs> right. Right. Literally, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But the... Except but, if there's mayo. It, it, literally, except if there's mayo. And pickles. <laughs> then you get the entire sandwich. That's right. No, thank you. Mama benefits. I am not interested. And this is, this is me in my life mm-hmm. all over the place. Like, right. I'm not interested in forcing any kind of anything with anybody. Like, I'm just, I'm not interested in, like, saying, like, or placing expectations on certain things. Because that's a silly thing to do. Totally silly thing to do. And it gets us into trouble when we make expectations. It totally does. And I feel like, especially in this culture, especially American culture, Mm -hmm. like, there is this sort of, like, I want to meet the right person just so that I can, like, get married and lock this in. Right. And then, like, coast. And, right. And, which is fine. And that is what some people want. I will include the idea or the, like, commitment of marriage into a relationship when that feels like the organic next thing to do. Sure. Or the organic next thing that I would sure. want to do. Right. I say all of that because I'm not looking to go like oh like this is this is this friend of mine and i'm compartmentalizing them into this right or this is this romantic interest of mine and i'm compartmentalizing them into this right i am only interested in just like the good 
solid, wonderful people that I choose to surround myself mm-hmm. with. Just letting the relationship, whatever it may be, just grow and develop and reveal itself to us. Right. The same way I preach all the time, like get into a national park, let it reveal itself. Exactly. To yeah. I think part of our constant questioning from others about our air quotes relationship status is also because for, you know, for a large majority of our friendship, the both of us were just like single and sassy and like, you know, right. And so it was like, I just don't understand the two of you are so wonderful. Why aren't you wonderful together? And I'm like, Oh, we are wonderful. We are wonderful together. But you know, there's not that added expectation or, you know, anything that comes along with like exactly what you kind of beautifully said there. Like there's no reason to compartmentalize it or to quantify it as something other than it is. And I also think that's part of like everyone like wants to like finish the pattern or complete the image. And so like when two friends are close, you know, that like are into the same things as far as like sexuality, you know, or, you know, the same sexuality, there's this like, Oh, well let's connect these dots. People like this has to make sense. Like you two must be compatible. You two must be seeing each other. It's like, you know, it's the same thing with like men and women that just happen to be friends. Like, right. There's and that are both straight. Like there's not necessarily anything that has to be completed there, but And I feel like we can be totally transparent about this. Like right. we've never in any kind of way walked down the romantic road. No, no, no. In no, any no. sort of nope, way. Nope. Like this was not sort of some like gay handshake kind of like situation <laughs> no. prior to this friendship. No, no, no. So Right. Yes, we can take long car rides together. Yes, we can fart in front of one another. Yes, we can share a bed with each other. Right. People need to just lay off on that question in general for people. Like, you know, if something's working the way that it's working, just let those people enjoy the way that it's working. You don't have to, like, put a label on something, you know, that it's not. And it's clear that, like, we have, like, a beautiful friendship that I would not trade for anything in the world. No, no, no. No. And frankly, we're creative partners in this endeavor. We, um, at this point, I feel like that would just be... Like a totally horrible idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but also let's talk about like um, let's talk a little bit about adult friendships too. Because yes. damn, like adult friendships are hard. Like, and what I mean by that is a lot of your formative relationships are college based or high school based or like childhood friend based, or is that like time after college? Based? Right, right. And then so for us to kind of stumble into this friendship pretty organically, I mean, it wasn't. It was organic in a lot of ways, but it was kind of, it was date driven to begin with. It's kind of amazing to form an adult friendship because I feel like outside of work, and if you're not really making friends with people at work, it's kind of weird to make friends as an adult. Like it's not, not, I don't mean weird, but it's, it's a difficult thing. Making adult friendships is, is tricky. I have talked to a lot of my hetero friends about this. And so I do feel like I can kind of say this with some amount of Like, it's a sweeping generalization. It is possible for a guy and a gal to meet via a date, but, like, end up being friends. Mm -hmm. That does not happen all the time, though. No. That's rarity. Right. It's usually, like, you go on a date. Oh, is it working out? Great. If it is, things keep progressing. And if it's not, they don't. Right. And you don't really talk to them again or anything like that. Whatever. Advitasin. Goodbye. And I can only speak for, I guess, gay men here. I found when I would go on dates with people, it was one of three things. Either you are interested in each other and you keep things up. You're not and you stop. 
or you find a sister and then you guys are pals. Yes, you know and then I mean? you sing sisters are doing it for themselves <laughs> exactly, from the first wives literally, club, yeah. and you just have a montage. Precisely. Mm-hmm. I found that also to be sort of true with um, some gay female friends I've talked to about that who I've asked that same question mm-hmm. too. That there is this third option when the people who are like meeting up for the date are the same sex. Do you think that's partly because we have because we're and again, I'm air quoting because our lives are so atypical, like as far as outside of the norm of like hetero society. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like, because we're, we're different. Do you think it's like this? Because I feel like that doesn't necessarily probably doesn't happen as much in like hetero straight relationships. Right. Do you feel like that third option of like, oh, actually, I recognize something in you that like I'm intrigued by, but not in a romantic sense. Do you think that like is the case because we have shared experience in our past and sometimes it's harder to find like friends that are that also happen to be gay? Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I mean. have a lot of straight friends. Let and, me pick that. Yeah, up. yeah, go ahead. So the. I'm actually going to reference something you said to me once, which Great. was that... I love being referenced. All gay people have origin stories. Mm-hmm. And it's true, which is the theme of this episode. But that commonality is definitely something that you do immediately share. Granted, that person has come out about who they are. Right, right, right. You know, that that's sort of the thing that earns you that origin story. Right. That moment of stepping into yourself right. in a public open and way. And becoming. And becoming. Right. Michelle Obama. Right. Becoming. And with that, let's take a break and Great. then jump into our story. Beautiful. Okay, Mike, you've heard of the game Two Truths and a Lie. <laughs> I have, yes. Okay, well, I can't stay on that game. Okay. But you know what game I do love? Two lies and a truth. Two lies and a truth. <laughs> when you say three totally outrageous things, but right. one of them happens to be true. Right, right, right. So we're going to play that right oh, now. Oh, great. Lovely. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So this is a little tough because we know each other very, very well at this point. Yeah. So, right. I had to dig up some secrets and lies in order to like like play this. Not as much as I had to dig. Oh. I was like on a mining expedition you, to the center of the earth here why don't to you try to first? figure this out. So here are my two lies and a truth and they relate to food and, and foods that I enjoy eating. So these are three foods that I enjoy eating and they're combinations of things. Great. Right? Ready? Pickles and whipped cream together. You just vomited in your mouth. <laughs> I did. Totally. Totally. Um, raspberry sorbet and peanut butter cups. And French fries and blueberry jam. I'm going to say French fries and blueberry jam. (laughs) Am I right? Incorrect. (laughs) Incorrect. Are you repulsed by that? If the answer is pickles and whipped cream, (laughs) shut up. Is that the answer? (laughs) No. No, it's it's the middle one. It's the middle one. Okay, so the middle one. Raspberry sorbet and peanut butter cups, which is like a strange Is something that you do eat. Oh, it's something that I do eat. As a kid, I would get it all the time. To me, that did sound like the most normal thing. Right, the most normal, right? It's not that strange. I mean, I think blueberry jam and french fries is probably not so bad you know i mean probably not probably not but i mean i do feel like raspberry what'd you say raspberry sorbet yeah and peanut butter cups that sounds delicious it is pretty good you can make that into a pie but it's a little strange when you kind of think about it sure it's strange (laughs) pickles and whipped cream pickles and whipped cream pickles and whipped cream that sounds like like a drag act yeah peaches and cream pickles and whipped cream (laughs) pickles and cream yep okay my two lights and a truth right I 
uh, once sang the national anthem for the president. Okay. I am a former employee of NASA. Okay. And when I was 11, I qualified for the Junior Olympics. You sang the national anthem for the president. No. Oh. I am a former employee of NASA. Oh, well, look at that. You that, did not I know did that? No, no. Oh, yeah. I could I have am. thought like maybe your kid's choir at school I do have to could say, have sang for, I you know, did. Bill Clinton or someone. I did sing the national anthem for Dick Cheney when he was the vice president. Oh. So it's a little bit of a lie stretch. A little bit of a lie stretch there. Yes, because he had come to Mississippi to endorse a like a govern a gubernatorial candidate, mm-hmm. and a gubernatorial is like the worst word. It's ever. the worst word ever. Right. And then, um, anyway, and so no, I had to. I you know thought it was a good idea at the time. Had to like sing at this event right. for this right, candidate. Right, right. Anyway, but no, I am a former employee of. Were NASA. you an astronaut? <laughs> it was my first acting job. Mm-hmm. We have in South Mississippi the Stennis Space Center. Okay. And it is where they test rocket engines. And it's huge. It's like a gigantic area okay. of land. And they have this visitor center that is like beautiful and so well done. My mentor when I was younger, her name is Tanya Hayes. She was commissioned to write a play for the 35th anniversary of the moon landing. Oh. And to also... Um, Apollo, Apollo. She, right. And to also celebrate like this um, journey to Mars mm-hmm. that was about to happen. And yes, Dennis Space Center of NASA hired her to write this. And they also asked her to hire actors or point them in the direction of actors who were younger, who she knew that could potentially do the play. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, it was a job, like, for a summer, for six weeks, oh, wow. every day. This is like a big secret. I did a two-show day nice. at NASA <laughs> as um, with with four of my friends. Huh, that's really and, interesting. Yeah, that was our first paid acting job. And I am, like, you know, I'm... You know what was really interesting was, like, that was a really fascinating experience because of the amount of rewrites that had to go into it. Cause we, Tanya had let us have input on the writing. Mm -hmm. And so we tried a lot of different sort of jokes to see like how far we could push it. Like Mm -hmm. we, like I remember we made a joke about the moon landing being a hoax and Mm -hmm. that was absolutely a no go. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were like, okay, though, so, like we know how far too far is, yeah. and so then we, you know, made adjustments. But yeah, that was it. Was sort of like an exercise in what I imagine sitcom acting to be because Great. the script changed about seventeen times prior, you know, over the course of two weeks. Sure. And so it was like we have to learn new pages immediately. Do it for all of the suits, and then get their notes, and then learn new pages and rewrite them. Right. So yeah. That well, was, that is like a deep dive into your vault. We've known each other for six years. So. I can't believe I never told you that. No. That I used to no. literally be an employee of NASA. Well, there you go. There we go. To the moon and back. So let's take us back in our, our time machine in, to, to the year 2012. It was 2012. It was 2012. Um, to probably like the spring late winter of 2012 yeah i would say that's true yeah let's talk about where we were in our lives at this moment right 
So is this like a smash cut to a montage? Sure. Okay, great. I had graduated from college in 09, Mm -hmm. um, but I was not yet out to my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took me about a year after graduating from college to finally come out. Mm -hmm. And I did. I felt so good about it. And then it took me another like 10 months after coming out to even think about putting myself out there for dating. Mm -hmm. And then I finally did. Okay. Where were you? Wow, I didn't realize that it was that soon. Yeah. Again, secrets and lies. <laughs> they all spill out in origins. Here we go. Um, so where was I? I had um, moved home. So I went to school in Philadelphia. And then in twenty, the end of 2010, I'd moved home. And I started a teaching job in 2011, the start of 2011. So I was living at home with my parents and my brother, um, saving money for a house I was finding the dating scene back home to be a little sparse. I was on Match.com for a little while, and then there was this great little site that I was using for a, a long little while from Philadelphia called OkCupid. Enter and Dusty Ballard. Enter me. Yep. Right. OkCupid. <laughs> so I found it out. I mean, OkCupid now is sort of like, duh, hilarious, of course, it exists. Right. But at the time, it was fairly new. Right. And it was free. And it was free. Because other than that, it was Match.com. And then eHarmony at the time wasn't letting gay people date. (laughs) Right. Seriously. No, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there. They would send you to their other website called Compatible Partners. Right. So, um, OkCupid was sort of like the only game Facebook, in town. Facebook for dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know? there were no app dating at the time. I like, mean, there was Grinder, but like, oh, really? Was it that early? Yeah, Grinder okay. was around then. Okay. Grinder has always been around. <laughs> it's like the oldest game in town. But yes, but I, that was not something I used at that time. So OkCupid was sort of like Facebook for dating. Right. Now you know, it was. It was not like Tinder, where one would like swipe, swipe, and say yes or but, no. But now it kind of is. But now it kind of is, yeah. I guess. But at the time, it was like you would just like put in an area, and you would just get a list of people, and you would go through, and then you could message them if you wanted, or you could what was it, wink at them, or like I think there was some winking involved, something like that. It wasn't. It was poking. all very annoying. I mean, there maybe was poking, but not right away. So, okay. If I remember, if my memory serves me right, you reached out to me first. I don't know. We try. We did just try to like. We did try to log on. I did try to log right. on to my account and see if. Like, I mean, I haven't been on it in six years. Mm, yeah. Um. I tried to log on and it's deactivated. No, this has for been both deleted. Yeah. So anyway, no, I do believe you reached out okay. first. It's possible. Yeah. But I had seen your profile a few times. Okay. And it was like, oh, this is a handsome dude who seems normal, who wrote, like, a very nice sort of thing. Like, I will, I totally intend to reach out to him. But, like, okay, Cupid goes. I never did because I was, like, annoyed with it. Or some boy pissed me off, so I, like, didn't log on for a month and a half. Right, right. Or then I was like, oh, I don't, I mean, it's just so dumb. Like, it is so, all of it so annoying so quickly. All of it. <laughs> all of it. So anyway, you reached out to me. Okay. I believe. Okay. We started messaging back and forth. Yeah, we did. But what I remember is that very, very quickly, our messages very soon became like five or six pages long. They were like novella length. They were novella yeah. length. And we would like take time 
to really so like it would be like I would send you a message and then you would be like hey I got your message right I'm I'm gonna wait until like Friday to respond so that I have some time right and then you would and then I would do the same it was like ye old correspondence basically. ye old correspondence and it was it's good like, yeah it was really good and my I dearest just, Dusty. I like a good long email. No, no, no. I think that the correspondence is like, was a very nice um, thing to be able to get to know someone via messaging and not necessarily because, you know, I think it was probably a little while before we talked on the phone. Oh, I think we, well, I think we spent like three or four months just corresponding, just just writing long emails. And like, there were a lot that went into those emails. Yeah, it was a lot of depth for sure. So then we started texting at some point. Sure. I remember this and I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to blow up your spot for a second. So we like were texting and I was away some weekend. I was traveling, I think down to Mississippi Mm -hmm. and um, I think I had like sent you my number on like a Friday Mm -hmm. and then on Sunday I was coming back Mm -hmm. and you sent me a message that was like, hey, Dusty, it's Mike. This is my number. Let me know if you want to, like... Because we talked about chatting on the phone right. in a, like, in on a long email. Yeah. And so you were like, um, let me know if you want to chat on the phone sometime soon. And so I get this on a Sunday, like, literally, like, running from, like, one plane to another at the airport. And by the time I land where I was like, I don't remember getting that text message. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not even looking at my phone until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So then the next morning you sent another text message that was like, Hey, I'm so sorry if I was so forward. Like, I really didn't mean that. Like, I understand. Please take all the time you need. I believe I responded like, you have nothing to apologize for. I have no idea why you're apologizing right now. Hi, enter Michael Ryan, enter over Michael apologizer. Over apologizer. Have you met this Libra? Uh-huh. Now you have. And so I was like, um, I'm sorry that I didn't respond to you after your very kind message. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. And it was like, we're not playing the I'm sorry party right mm-hmm. now. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We will eventually talk on the phone. Right. So we do start talking on the right. phone. And I think um, we talked on the phone like for once a week for like two months. Okay, you have a more clear. You have a. I have a pretty good memory, but you have a clearer memory of our origin. The here. well, I mean, I was just like, and I'm enjoying back hearing through. you well, like retell it. Anyway, we did, and what was I do remember this that almost every time we were talking on the phone, I was like waiting for like a show to start somewhere. I was like hey, yeah, I have like an hour and then I have to go and watch the show. And you were like, is that all you do? Like, is see theater? Like, is that, do you, how often do you do that? I was like, all the time. I mean, it's like my, you know. It's your jam. It's my jam. It's my career, you know. So yeah, we were talking a lot and like, I loved our conversations. Mm -hmm. Even though I was critical of you seeing so much theater. (laughs) Is that all you do? Yeah. But yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But those were, yeah, great phone calls. Yeah, good phone calls. And then I think we ended up meeting up probably sometime in June. Something well, like that. Well, let me... Ex- I, do you not remember any of this? I think I'm, like, so delirious to, like, all okay, of this. Okay, well, let me tell you okay, how it went down. tell me. Okay. Dusty tells us all about a relationship on this episode. I don't know why <laughs> you... 
I don't know why. I don't know. I think I mentally somehow like wiped it. Blocked the sound. So we were talking on the phone, and we were like, "We're gonna meet up. We're gonna meet up. We're gonna meet up." And then, like, I think we were talking in March, and like we were looking for a weekend day. Mm -hmm. And because of both our schedules were crazy, it wasn't until like the end of May that we could meet up. Yeah. And so we booked. We were like, "We're gonna book this day." So we did. And then you called, and you were like, "Hey, that's Mother's Day. I can't do that day." And I was like. Oh, well, that's right. All right, well, we'll figure out something else. So then, like a few days later, you call back, and this is when you say the thing. You're like, hey, I'm talking to this other guy right now. Right. And I have an opportunity to, like, actually meet up with him, and I cannot really see two people at once. Right. This is what you say. Do you right, remember this Right, because that's like my MO. I am that not is your a, MO. I'm not a person that like like dabbles in yeah. emotions of two and like, individuals. The short yeah. version of this whole story yeah. we tell people is we met on a date, realized we were friends, and that was it. But right. this is actually the long version. Yeah. And so you called me. Right. And you were, you, it was, you were freaking out a little bit. You were like, Enter Michael Ryan. Hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, I really want to talk to you about this. And I just, I'm, I'm having a lot of feelings. I was like, what's up? And you were like, I, I can't, I, I can't do more than one person at a time. And I do have the opportunity to hang out with this guy before like the two of us could get together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And you also said this. You go, oh my god! All the vaults, all is the open. vaults. You were like, Dusty also, I don't really feel like we're like, like gelling like boyfriends. Like, no, no, no. I believe you said like I can tell we wouldn't really be boyfriends. Wow, that is what you said. And I'm not gonna lie, slightly traumatized for. a brief moment because I thought that was like a dig at the sound of my speaking voice. And I was like, this mother... I was like, he is basing this solely on the sound of my voice. Oh, it made me so mad because I always felt... I always had insecurity about the sound of my Uh voice. And then you continued and you were like, but listen, like, I really do feel like we're friends. Mm -hmm. And I would not have called if I didn't actually want to be your friend. And I, and there was, I mean, and at that moment I was like, I cannot deny the honesty that I'm hearing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I believe you and I thanked you. And I was like, yeah, I'd love that. And then that is how this started, oh. I think. I feel like there's some like wispy music that like plays over us now. <laughs> right. like, And that exactly. is how this all started. And then it's like we fought crime and like defeated evil. Right. For the last six years. For the last six years. It's amazing. Now, I did go to dinner later that night with some gal pals of mine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sad because I got friend zoned. Um, But they were like, they were like, it's okay, Dust, you're going to be fine. And I was like, it it was literally the first time I'd ever gotten friend zoned Mm -hmm. by anybody. Whatever that means. I don't even like that term anymore. I don't really say that anymore. Right. And I don't really feel like that is what happened. Right, right. Because we were never in any other zone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except so, yeah. for the friend zone. <laughs> I guess except for the friend right. zone. Whatever yeah. that is. Mm-hmm. So, um, Not auto zone. The friend zone. <laughs> and with that, let's take another break. Great. It's time for Drag Queen Corner. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Christian, Christian Mingle. Mingle. 
How are we spelling Christian, Dusty? Um, Christian is spelled K R I S T J E N. Yes, just like the head of Homeland Security, Christian Nielsen. Right. Or as I say, the Samantha B way, Christian Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, um, a lot of consonants in there. <laughs> Who is Christian Mingle? Oh my God. Christian Mingle. Well, well, first of all, Christian Mingle is a Libra because it's this social. Oh, it's a oh. social gal. Oh yeah, she knows she how to knows she how to knows work a room. How to work a room. <laughs> she knows how to work a work room. A room. Work. You better work. <laughs> you better work that room, Christian um, Mingle. Yeah, she is like you know the busy social butterfly. She is. I feel like Christian Mingle is like the like woman who like wears you know like a '90s lesbian like um <laughs> you know like suit. Okay, but like a pantsuit. Uh, like a pantsuit. Mm-hmm. With like a really broad shoulder pad, but mm-hmm. also sneakers mm. because she saves her like power lesbian heels for the office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I see it. I see it. I see it. Christian Mingle. Like she's, she's very good and, but she's a mystery. Okay. Like she, like, she's like, oh yeah. Well, when I was 12 and living in Morocco, with this tribe of people who are no longer like she has all those kinds mm, of she's stories. She's got some deep secrets. She's got deep secrets. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she has like all of the bling. Like, oh yeah, her stones are enormous. Nineties, mm-hmm. all the nineties bling. Yes, yeah. yes, all the nineties oh, bling. Yeah. Big giant teased hair. Teased hair. Oh yeah. Yes. Teased for the gods. I sort of actually like I. She reminds me a little bit of. Um, what the hell is that book about the the teacher that like disappears? Miss Tingle. No, no, not Miss no, Tingle. No, no. The teacher. Miss Nelson is missing. Miss Nelson is Miss Nielsen is missing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do think that she looks a little bit like. So Christian Mingle looks a little like um, the crazy awful woman that comes back to the substitute mm-hmm. teacher. I think that's who she looks. I forget like. what her name is. Miss Nelson's alter ego. Yeah. So. Um, what song does Christian Mingle lip sync to? Oh my God, that's a great question. What is her What is her bailiwick when it comes to singing? You know, lip syncing for her life. Well, since we're leaning a little more into like her mingle nature right, versus not her, her Christian, Christian nature, nature. Um, I think she does "Call Me" by Blondie. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, she's like she's all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighties pizzazz. All of the sort of like big giant glasses. Mm -hmm. Call me. Call me. Okay, so after we had talked on the phone and decided that we were friends, right? um, Then actually, like meeting up became so much easier. Right. I don't know what the holdup was. I don't know what the holdup was either. It was like we could have done an afternoon. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know why we didn't. But I remember um, we met up in Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. And it was like a summer Saturday. No, it was the day of the week. It was the day of the week because you had just come from school. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I had off that day okay. and I had gone to the beach well, with a it friend. Was, it was very, very busy. It, was it felt like a busy Saturday. And it was bright and it was beautiful. Right. And I remember I was wearing these um, swim trunks that were pretty short. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I better bring another pair of shorts to put over this because 
I don't want him to make an assumption about me. Whatever that assumption was, I don't mm-hmm. care. Also, I wear even shorter swim shorts now, so right. it doesn't matter. Right. I don't care. And I, I don't know what I was away. thinking. I was also like 24. So yeah, anyway. Right. So we met up at this bar on the Asbury Park mm-hmm. Boardwalk. We did. And it was like, it was a lovely first meeting. Right. It was a good first meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like chatted away like you know, we'd known each other for a thousand years. And it was like three hours or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, okay, let's, we'll hang out again. We're right. going to be friends. Right. Um, and I think actually then like you met up with your friend, I think we were with Billy and Eddie, right? At the beach. I'm oh, pretty sure. Was I? Or you saw them. We saw them. Oh, we I saw actually them? was introduced to them like pretty. Right like, then? Right then, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh. was Billy was there. I thought I was with a different friend, yeah. but I maybe I was with them. Who knows? Then it we went a while and didn't see one another. Yeah, I don't know what happened I don't know there. what happened to either, but we were still texting. Right. We were still like, you know, and I think we still like talked on the phone a couple of times. Right. Like, but we just didn't see each other no. or hang out. No, no. And then no. that following fall. Right. I was, so now it's like September. Right. I was understudying in a show. At Two River. At, yeah, down in Red Bank. Yeah. And um, I was, I remember I texted you and I was like, hey, I'm in Red Bank and like all the time now. So why don't we meet up and get dinner? And you were like, okay, great. And we did. Yeah. And I remember that time when you got out of the car and I saw you and I was just like, girl, it has been too long. And you were like, oh, it has been too long. Right. And that was sort of, I think, the moment where it was like, there's no turning back. Right. Friendship forged. Friendship forged. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then I think, like, the next most memorable, like, time that we hung out, and this is where I, like, was like, oh, we're just going to be friends forever now. It's Uh like... Hurricane Sandy had hit. Yes. And we're both like stir crazy people. Stir because crazy. I, mean, I was I had with my parents. you to be like, yeah. are you okay? Right. You know, we're like 45 minutes away from one another. Exactly. And th- we're without power. And he's like, well, do you want to do something? Like at this point, it, like a week had gone by. So a week some had places gone by. had started to get power back. Yes. And I suggested going. We trampoline. Trampoline <laughs> arena. Oh my God. Yes. And it was open. And it was open. And you were like, Actually, you know what? Here, this is how I remember it. I'm pretty sure I suggested a trampoline arena because you had that day off from school already. Well, that was we were fall off forever. Break. No, 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 no. We no, no, were, no. This was still during Sandy. We were still off for Sandy. No, no, no. no. But right. But oh, what happened was right. I originally suggested this day. You had originally okay. suggested this day, and then Sandy got, went right into this fall break. Right. So. I was like, "Let's go trampolining." You were like, "Great!" And then the trampoline arena was still open on this day, yeah. or it had reopened, yeah. and you were like, "Oh, girl, I need to go trampolining." <laughs> I was like, "All right, let's go, let's do it." And do you know what I remember about that trampolining? We, we jumped for like five minutes and we were really winded. <laughs> an hour of trampolining, and we, yep, we jumped for five minutes, and then we were like, "We have to take a break right now." <laughs> And then we just were like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to recover. And like of that hour, I think in total, we jumped for about 15 minutes. Right. And we took breaks. Right. For about 45. This was also when like trampoline like arenas were pretty new. Like this was like the new game in town. Yeah. 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 This was new. Yeah. So it was really fun. Yeah. But but then I think that was like, you know, we probably like 
I think we went to the mall, like we near did. you, we and went like to the ball. we went into Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes, we and, did, and we probably ate lunch somewhere at like a TGI Fridays. We did yeah. all of the things. We did all of those things that we still do and love and till this day. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Which is why we're friends. Trampolining, One of the dicks, many reasons. and TGI yes. Fridays. So <laughs> take that for however you want to. Precisely. Right. So, um, yeah, and then. And then from there, I feel like we saw each other like all the time, regularly, right, all right. the time. And it was just like, this person is hilarious. Right. And I think they're great. Right. And we got to hang out more. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Right. Brian, who we've mentioned on the podcast mm-hmm. before, he oh, he's introduced gonna, like, me himself to himself. He got a second mention. He gets a second mention. He introduced me to his boyfriend, now husband, Tino. Right. And like, literally the second time I like, was hanging out with them. Right. Like I brought you along to their party. Cause right. I was like, l- meet these folks. They're right. wonderful. Because you were doing that benefit for her. I did a benefit from her, for, um, for beach Haven, I think. Right. Up yes. that way. Yep. yep. Union. I, beach. We were. Yep. yep. And so my friend Kristen yeah. and I, so I went to that. It was like into the woods theme. I in the say beginning. we put it together. It was mostly, it, it was all my friend Kristen so and good. I helped her yep. out. So, yeah. So, I mean, our friendship just kind of continued to develop. We were doing things together and like also obviously leading our separate individual lives. And then I think it was probably, I don't know, a few summers ago. I'm trying to think what year, but I had gone on a trip to the Pacific Northwest by myself. Um, And I would take trips a lot of the times in the summer because that was like off time for me. I could take like a longer trip. And I had really wanted to start to explore national parks a little bit more. Um, so I had really started to arrange um, a trip where I was going to start in Vancouver and work my way down to San Francisco. I was going to see Olympic National Park and Mount Rainier and like also do some of the city stuff. And I had done a lot of trips alone and I was very used to that. like gone abroad alone and just like traveled around by myself. And I like distinctly remember going to Olympic National Park. I was staying in Port Angeles, which is like like the northern part of the Olympic Peninsula above the park where Hurricane Ridge is. And I remember going and hiking for the day in Hurricane Ridge and it being like totally beautiful. And I remember driving down the mountain and coming back into town and just being so like upset. Like the experience was so beautiful out in Olympic that first day, but I remember just feeling so alone. And I think I called you and I called Lauren, my yeah, friend Lauren. Yeah, you did. And I just like sobbed on the phone, like deep, deep tears, like from the emotional valley within me about just like feeling like very, just like, I wish I was sharing this experience with somebody else. Like travel is great. And I really like would love to be, experiencing things with other people along for this ride with me. And I really think that that was like kind of a step in the direction of us starting to start to travel together. Exactly. Because it was that following April, I believe where you and I ended up having, because my calendar often follows the school year calendar as well. Right. And the school district, I do a lot of work in and the school district you work in, they had the same spring break week. Right. And so we were like, 
oh, we could travel this one week. And so we ended up putting a trip together that was like a road trip from like, we drove all the way to Florida and we came which, all the way back Which up, we're going to talk about eventually. Which too. we will talk about yeah, eventually. Yeah. But yeah, that was the first time we ever like really traveled together. Right. And it was, I mean, my goodness, baptism by fire. We drove to Florida in one night. Right. Without stopping. Right, right, right. If that isn't like a test of friendship, I do not know what is. No. And let me tell you, this is a totally enjoyable ride. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was such a great time. Right. right. All the show tunes that were sung. Oh, all the show all tunes. All the trivia. All the trivia. Yes. Yeah. More to come on that at another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that gave way to us starting to want to do the national parks. Right. I remember after that, I was like, I've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. And you were like, oh my God, me too. And so when we started talking about that, you were like, oh, well, there are all these other parks in Utah that we should also consider. And that was really like the birth of the like national park traveling. Right. Was that trip to Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we saw all of that and then finished with the Grand Canyon. Right. And so from there, that is where this national park adventuring was born. Right. And, and we've been doing it almost for two years now. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. We and have, we've been friends for almost a thousand years right, at this point. Because we've lived past soul lives together. We have. That's right. Living in our soul families. Before we get to Jeopardy, I just want to say, um, you told me once that you would talk to somebody about like being in a soul <laughs> class. And that, like, and reincarnation, mm-hmm. and that you... Someone read my star chart. Someone my, read yeah, some my, sort yeah. of star chart of yours, and it, it said that you were, like, on your last life here on my Earth. My last incarnation. And you were like, bring it on. That works for me. Blah, 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 blah. And you would share this with me. And I'm not kidding you. I got in my car and I wept because I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm on my last one. But so help me. I'm not coming back if you're not here. <laughs> I cannot do this. Like I this. know. You told me that and it was the most endearing thing. But, no, but I seriously. also laughed very hard because it was like unexpected to come out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> but it was like very, very endearing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there soul we go. sisters, soul sisters, hey sister, soul sister, right? You gonna give um, me some gitchy gitchy? No, no. <laughs> it's time for Jeopardy. It's our favorite time of the podcast, where we get to test our wit and our knowledge and yes. sometimes get a little cutthroat. If you listen to our last episode, uh-huh. this friendship almost ended. Um, Never. <laughs> your... My category was at least like... Mm-hmm. I know. It was tough. I didn't have I, time to workshop it. Well, things we should make time for. Things we should make time for. You have all of the time in the world, so I don't understand why oh, you did yeah, that. Oh, yeah, and you do as well. Oh, so much time. You just eat bonbons all time day. Time is just like the thing I overflow with Mm -hmm. your cup of time runneth over exactly right so i in writing jeopardy today i was thinking about the theme of friendship Uh Um, uh-huh and so my category is titled dynamic duos okay okay all right but in this i'm smiling because i'm not sure if we wrote the same category yeah i know because we have a because we Obviously, right. we do not. We write these categories away from each other. Right, right, we do right. not reveal them until no. these microphones are on. Right. 
hot mics. So in my category, I'm going to be reading four songs by a li- uh, by a, an artist group that is a duo, and you need to name <gasps> the duo. Oh, I didn't do this. Well, okay, there we great. go. Here we go. All right, all right. So here are our four songs for the one hundred dollar clue. I'm ready. Sarah Smile, Possession Obsession, She's Gone, I Can't Go For That. Nope, I have no idea. Hall and Oates? That is correct. <gasps> Look really? at you. Really? Yeah. I just guessed that. You I love Hall and Oates, but I, I can't know. remember a damn song Well, get ready. It's only getting harder I'm ready. from here. Okay. All right. The $200 clue. The beat goes on. All I ever need is you. Baby, don't go. I got you, babe. Sonny and Cher. That's correct. What is Sonny and Cher? Mm-hmm. Who are Sonny and Cher? Whatever. <laughs> All right. The $300 clue. Cecilia, Homeward Bound, The Only Loving Boy in New York, and America. Simon. Who is Simon and Garfunkel? That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right. The $400 clip. I'm ready. Nutbush City Limits, All I Can Do Is Cry. This song made me laugh. Ooh, Poopy-Doo. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. And then River Deep Mountain High. What is um, it, Jim and Ricky? I have no idea. Jim and Ricky. The answer is Ike and Tina Turner. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> and our $500 clue. Come in from the rain. Muscat, muskrat love. Love will keep us together in circles. Oh, I know all these songs and I don't know who sings that. I don't know. Who are Captain and Tennille. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Dynamic duos. Are you ready for my category? I am. You're like a, the cat that eat the canary grin going I am here. very excited about this. My category is called, I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reference to Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Mm-hmm. This is not a category about Romeo and Michelle. Great. But this is how it's going to work. I'm going to name a fictional world and two characters that appear in that world. Mm -hmm. And you have to determine and you will speak for yourself and you will speak for me. Like you're this one character and I'm this one character. Okay. So I'm going to like, so if I were to say, this is pretty opinion based though. It's very opinion based, but I think we'll share the same opinion. Okay. Great. Great. Um, So like, for instance, if I were to say like, in Southern California, one of us would be like a would-be businesswoman and the other a would-be designer who go to their high school reunion. And you would say... I'm the, the designer and you're the businesswoman. Well, but you would say... Oh, I'm Michelle and you're Romy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the Michelle, you're yeah, the Romy. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm the Michelle and you're the Romy. So here we go. Right. A hundred dollar clue. Okay. In this real but fictional world set at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, mm-hmm. one of us would be the neurotic perfectionist showrunner trying to keep everyone in line and on time and trying to have it all, while the other would be the star of the show promoting her film The Rural Juror and also using her sexuality as a weapon. I'm the Liz and you're the Jenna. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and right. that's tickled. The- tickled. Okay, great. Great. Here we Beautiful. go. In this inexplicably laid out one story home in Florida's Dade County, one of us would be returning home from substitute teaching and using her dry wit to one up her mother while trying to land a spot on the show Jeopardy. 
and the other would be down at the Rusty Anchor, seeing which one of Miami's widowers would be available this week to be her date to the charity benefit. I'm the Dorothy, you're the Blanche. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, 300. You're doing great so far. I know, I am. In this fictional <laughs> in this fictional Indiana town, one of us would definitely be the chipper head of the parks department who is never cool enough but always respected and cares very deeply, and the other would be the hip, cool nurse friend who nurtures everyone and keeps the other grounded to the earth when her ideas are way up in the sky. Oh, I'm the Anne, you're the Leslie? Correct. Okay. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. I am... Totally Leslie in that right. situation. Yeah. And you were definitely like the cool, chill yeah, yeah. man. I mean, you would definitely like turn around and be like, I don't like it when people say, let's split the check evenly. Right, 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 right. Especially if I didn't get drinks. No. Right, exactly. Exactly. Here yeah, we Perkins. go. 400. I love this. After both losing our friend Stalker Channing to an unfortunate act of suicide, one of us would definitely be the goody-two-shoes mother of a lesbian who spends the whole film learning from her therapist to grow with love and taking over her husband's company and finally telling him to drop dead, while the other would be the adored actress concerned about aging but eventually embracing herself as a strong, independent lady. Well, I remember that Annie is... um is whatchamacallit's Diane name? Keaton. Diane Keaton. Cayenne Keaton's name. Yep. And I'm trying to remember Elise what Elise would be. Okay. Um, so I'm the Annie or the Elise. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Elise would be the Goldie Hawn character. Yes. That's yes, right. Yes, correct. Okay, great. And we even mentioned First Wives Club earlier, we too. We did. You also mentioned... Uh, the Golden Girls are right. later too. I know. I'm just like okay, riding great. that wave. We did not mention this one, but this could be my absolute favorite. Okay. 500. Here we go. In this film set in a psychiatric hospital, one of us would definitely be the outsider who has been committed due to a nervous breakdown and spends the film doing her best to follow the rules, while the other would definitely be the harsh, brash sociopath who sees everyone's truth and reads them for it without apology and convinces the other to stop taking her meds. Mm-hmm. I'm the Winona, you're the Angelina. That is correct. <laughs> or you could have said, I'm the Susanna and you're the Lisa. Okay. Uh, from your point right, of view. Right, right, Because right. you are the Susanna yeah. and I am the Lisa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that That's great. That's a beautiful Jeopardy. category. Ain't it though? Hilarity. 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 I'm just going to say this. I really am grateful for this friendship every single day. Me too. Thank, Thank you, you for being a friend. <laughs> We've got what fifteen down, fifteen, 15 na- down national parks down. Yep, and um, we have forty-five ish to go. Forty, well, yeah, forty-five ish to go. Yeah, all right. Here's to that. Here's to that. My sister and I, yeah. an act that couldn't flop. My sister and I, we're headed straight, straight for, for the, the top. top. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. The theme song and original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. 
All original artwork on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. Stay tuned as we leave the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and head west to Zion National Park. Just laugh tracks. You're laughing because I just farted. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. surprised you're not like, oh my god, I can't believe you just farted on right. me. Yeah, because I'm not on you. That's right. Right. On the fourth of September, <laughs> right, the sun so, shone so brightly in the sky. So yeah, mother and I were in the parlor. <laughs> How long are you gonna keep doing I'm that? sorry. I'm gonna stop now.